Hello once again, everybody, and thank you for joining me in the betters box. It's bangthebook.com's KBO betting podcast for Thursday, May 21st. I'm your host, Adam Burke. This and every edition of the betters box presented by our friends over at DSI Sportsbook. BTB and the number 200 is that promo code. 100% deposit match bonus for the sportsbook. 100% deposit match bonus for the live casino at BetDSI. It's only a game until you bet it. Got a lot of notes here on today's show for the KBO, so hopefully you enjoy that. Hopefully you're paying close attention. And of course, as always, you can sign up for the notes for the betters box, adam at bangthebook.com, skatingtripods at gmail.com, uh, and then also you can find me on Twitter at skatingtripods. So plenty of ways to get on the list for the show notes here, and I do have a lot of stuff to bring your way on today's program. Every day over at bangthebook.com, you can get my thoughts on all five scheduled games in the KBO in that daily article, so please make sure you check that out. We're doing NASCAR coverage over at the website, Xfinity Series race going off today. That'll be over by the time, well, won't be over, but it will be about halfway over or so by the time today's show gets out, but we are covering Xfinity Series and Cup Series over at the website. The Cup Series now moves on to Charlotte for the Coca-Cola 600 here this weekend. We'll write up a preview for that over at the website. We also have a preview up for the match two, Champions for Charity, Tiger and Peyton, Phil and Tom Brady. That's down at Medalist Golf Club in Florida. Got some thoughts on that for you over at the website. We'll be doing a preview of the Matt Wynn Stakes. That's at Churchill Downs this weekend. I believe that's a grade three race. Uh, But, you know, obviously the horse racing calendar, as we talked about on Tuesday with Brian Blessing, Kind of all over the place right now. With the Belmont coming up, was it June 20th or June 21st? Then you've got the Kentucky Derby in September, the Preakness in October. You've got the Wood Memorial, the two races that were postponed to Keeneland. you got the Santa Anita Derby coming up next month. A lot of horse racing stuff. We'll be covering it for you over at bangthebook.com. Then finally, NASC, or, uh, UFC excuse me, returns May 30th, expected to be in Las Vegas. So we'll preview that over at the website as well and of course it seems like maybe june 1st could be the day that we get an announcement about spring training announcements about the nba coming back maybe the nhl all those types of things so we'll be on top of all of it over at bangthebook.com all right so we go ahead and dive in to the regular format here of the betters box we'll start by going beyond the box score recap the series just wrapped up give you some extra thoughts stats observations all those types of things that you can carry over not just into the weekend, but beyond that, go through a real quick down the line segment and then preview those series here coming up for this weekend. So we start, as we always do, with a look beyond the box score here. And it was a one and two Thursday for me. When I woke up, it looked like it was going to be an 0 and three Thursday. But uh, NC, the Dinos coming back off of the Doosan bullpen. But, you know, you always want to evaluate your bets after the fact. You want to go back through, take a look at the box score. Uh, When you have the opportunity, take a look at what the lines did out there in the market. It would be great to have some kind of odd screen that was tracking the KBO. Right now, we don't really have that. It'd be awesome if we did. But, you know, you always want to look back at, you know, the prices, the way that the lines moved, and also to look back at what actually happened in the game. Because, Context is very important. Not all winning bets are good bets. Not all losing bets are bad bets. You want to be able to evaluate the process, see what happened, 
And of course, too, for your own mental health and well-being, it's always good as a better to go back and say, you know, well, that was a really bad pick. I got to make some adjustments or, well, that was bad luck. I think I kind of handicapped the game correctly. Things just didn't work out a little bit. And I had some of everything with the Thursday card here. And, you know, the SK bet for the first five against Kiwum, that was a very interesting line move. That thing danced around all over the place. Kiwum took the initial money. That line came way down, crashed down about 50 cents out there in the marketplace before going back up a little bit before first pitch. But I wound up taking SK for the first five. And the handicap was right. SK was up 5 nothing, going to the bottom of the fourth. They gave up six runs. They gave up two in the fourth, uh, four in the fifth. They wind up losing that first five there in pretty devastating fashion, to be honest with you. A couple of unearned runs in there. It wasn't a bad handicap. It was bad luck, I think. Because, again, you had a couple of unearned runs. It's not like uh, Moonsung Wong got hit all that hard in that game. It's just that things kind of unraveled a little bit for him. But the handicap was right about Triple H, the starting pitcher for uh, Kiwum, Han Hyun Hee. Because I looked at that and I said, okay, this is a guy that's a converted reliever. This is a guy that does not go, you know, every fifth day and doesn't usually throw 187 pitches over his previous two appearances like he had done going into this game. So I thought there was a very good chance that Han would struggle in this start, and he did. The problem is, SK collapsed in the middle innings, gave up some runs, their starting pitcher kind of fell apart. So is that a bad handicap? I don't think that it is. If I handicap this out, and I find out that SK is going to score five runs in the first five, I'm going to take that bet very often, particularly at plus 135. Unfortunately, they gave up six, and that happens. But the handicap of the SK offense, which has not been good at all, as we know, the handicap of the SK offense was dead on. They did what they needed to do. They just didn't play good defense. They didn't prevent the runs. They wind up losing the first five. But that's a bet I'm comfortable with that. That's a loss that I'm okay with. Now we go to the Hanwha and KT game where I took the first five under and we got 10 runs in the third inning. There were no runs in the first, second, fourth, or fifth, but there were 10 runs in the third inning. So is that a bad handicap? Because I mean, they effectively doubled up the first five. It was under five and a half. They scored 10 runs in the first five. Is that a bad handicap? Because obviously... It was nowhere close. So you go and look at the third inning for Hanwha, where they scored seven runs in the top of the third. And you sort of go back and you say, okay, what happened? How did this play out? Here's how the third inning went for Hanwha. Single, single, bunt single that was presumably supposed to be a sacrifice bunt. Fielder's choice out at home. A bases loaded walk. A pop-up. Two infield singles that scored runs. Then the back-breaking double, another single, and then a fielder's choice. So, you know, this is one where it certainly looks like, at least to me, that with an 18-year-old pitcher on the mound in So Hyung Jun, things just kind of fell apart for him. You know, a couple singles, a bunt that probably should have been a sacrifice bunt becomes a single. You get the out at home. You give yourself a chance to get out of the inning with a double play, and then you give up a bases-loaded walk. Then you get that second out, have the chance to minimize damage. 
You give up back-to-back infield singles. Those wind up leading in to the back-breaking doubles. So was that bad luck? Was that a bad handicap? Did I just fall victim to the BABIP gods? It's hard to say because, again, I mean, they almost doubled the first five total. But when you sort of look at this thing here, so wasn't hit super hard until the double. And by that point, the proverbial horses had already left the barn. So was that a bad handicap? Was it a bad result? The result looks really bad because 10 runs were scored with an under five and a half for the first five. But things just kind of got a little bit out of control for a young starting pitcher. Now, what do you do with that information? Well, going forward now, I look at a guy like So and I say, okay, maybe this guy's got a lot of promise. Maybe he's got a lot of potential. But also, too, he's 18 years old. You've got to learn on the job here in the KBO, and you've got to be able to keep your composure in those situations. And I didn't watch the game. I was asleep. But he got two outs, and then the two infield singles, maybe he made his pitches. Maybe he executed where he wanted to, and it just didn't work out. I don't know. I didn't see it. I don't have the full context. But you want to do this with your bets. You want to go back and break them down and see what actually happened. What was it that went into this handicap that either worked out or didn't? And to me, even though it looks like a bad bet with well over five and a half runs being scored, maybe it wasn't that bad. It was just circumstance. It was, again, looking for context. I think that's very important as a better and as a handicapper. Not only the context of what happened in the game, but then, of course, the context of what was going on with the lines when you've got that information there for you uh, with an odd screen to sort of go back and look at how the movement took place prior to that game. You know, I started writing this, in fact, as NC was still trailing Doosan. And the thing that I kind of talked about with NC is that, you know, Doosan's starting pitcher, Yu Hui Kwan, has been giving up a lot of hits. And throughout his career, he's given up a lot of hits. He gave up 10 hits over six innings in this game, only struck out one. NC failed to capitalize on some chances. In the first inning, they had some singles, then hit into a double play. Third inning, couple singles, one out, they line into a double play. Sixth inning, left the bases loaded. Now, of course, they scored nine runs in the top of the ninth to give me a winner and avoid the dreaded 0-3 day. But again, as you break this game down, maybe I didn't handicap Lee, the pitcher for NC, as well as I should have. Maybe that's the error that I made here. But for NC to have scored only a couple of runs to that point, you know, off a guy that had given up 10 hits and only struck out one with a bad deuce on defensive team, which was also part of my handicap, it doesn't look that bad. So, yeah, a losing night. But there were some silver linings. And these are the things that you want to do, in particular with a market that you're new to handicapping, to to continue to find out information with each passing game. It's especially important here because there are some bullpen shenanigans. There are some big innings. Both of those happening to help out me, you know, with that NC ticket. But there's a lot of learning that's being done about this league. And again, you always want to look for the context to see, did I make a bad bet? Did I make a good bet? And you don't want to be a slave to the results because you want to be able to see what happened with the line movement, getting the best of the numbers, stuff like that. But in this unique KBO environment where it's a little bit harder to track the lines, 
in particular, if you're not staying up until 5.30 in the morning to watch how this market matures, it's a little bit more difficult to do anything other than look at what actually happened in the game. And what happened in some of these games here, and I've kind of had a few of these plays so far, maybe they were good handicaps where things just didn't work out. And at least that lets you know that maybe your process is on the right track. So it's important to do that in any league, but certainly here in the KBO, largely because it's what we're talking about, but again, also because we're learning a lot of stuff as we go here with this league. Now, I wanted to pass along some of my resources here for information on the KBO. MyKBOStats.com is obviously the penultimate here. It's the easiest one to use. Uh, Dan Kurtz does a phenomenal job over there. The official KBO website is translated into English. That's a pretty good place to go as well. KBOFancyStats.com has individual player stats where you can kind of look at some of the BABIPs and you know, K percentages and walk percentages, stuff like that. Some of the more sabermetrically inclined stats, but they only do it on a player level. So if you are modeling, KBO Fancy Stats would be a good, a good spot for you to go. Also, status or statis or however the hell it's pronounced, S-T-A-T-I-Z. This is all in Korean. So you have to use Google Translate for this. And of course, like anything else, there are some things that do get lost in translation. You have to make some inferences. You have to sort of make some educated guesses about what the translation is actually supposed to mean. I'll talk about that here again in a second. But as far as some individuals to follow, Jiho Yu, he's been fantastic on Twitter. He's definitely worth a follow. Dan Kurtz, obviously, as well. JJ Hayek, he's been very good. Uh, he gives a lot of injury information on his Twitter page, which I think is J underscore J Hayek, H-Y-E-O-K, and then a couple of numbers, but he's been very good. Uh, and then, you know, you just want to try and find information wherever you can. Alex Fast and the guys over at Pitcher List, they've been doing a good job taking a look at the KBO as well. So just try to find information out there. Some of it's tough to find. Some of it's relatively easy to find. But information really is everything here in a league like this. And speaking of status, Statis, whatever the hell it's called, again, S-T-A-T-I-Z, wins above average numbers. They cover a lot of sabermetric data over at this website. And the problem is that a lot of their column headings, it's kind of difficult for Google Translate to figure out. So that's one of the things that I've noticed a little bit of an issue with. However, the wins above average chart, this was updated here this morning Wins above average is a pretty advanced sabermetric concept, but I think it does help us quite a bit here with regards to the KBO. Now, in this table, they have headings for batting, running, defense, starting pitching, and relief pitching. Now, in my notes here, which you can subscribe to, adam at bangthebook.com or skatingtripods at gmail.com, in my notes, you'll get the exact numbers, but... I just want to run through these here quickly, not overwhelm you with too many numbers on today's show because I do have a lot of information on the program today. But as far as batting goes, KT leads in wins above average batting or offense with 2.45 wins above average. That's batting wins above average based on what goes into the statistical formula over at status for wins above average. Doosan is second, 1.75. NC is third, 0.79. 
followed by LG, Kia. Now we get below average. These are negative numbers here with the final five teams. Kiwu minus 0.28, Lata minus 0.41, Hanwa minus 1.21, SK minus 2.04, then Samsung, the worst offense in the league, minus 2.57. So basically between the top team and the bottom team right now, we've got a difference of really four, about five wins above average. So from a batting win standpoint, KT is five or so batting wins better than Samsung. Doosan is about 4.25 or so batting wins better than Samsung. So again, you can get these in my notes, adam at bangthebook.com, skatingtripods at gmail.com, or go over to status, use the website yourself, just translate it from Korean to English, which is very easy to do in Google Chrome. It'll ask if you want to translate it. Obviously you do, but you know, this is a good source of information here for us. As far as running goes, as far as wins above average in terms of base running value, Kiwoom far and away the best team. Doosan far and away the worst team. As far as defense goes, as I've talked about before, I thought that NC was the best defensive team in the league, and they are. And in fact, they're double the wins above average of Kiwoom, who is second. NC very nice at .69 wins above average defensively. Kiwoom .34. The three worst teams in defense, Kia minus 0.36, SK minus 0.39, Doosan minus 0.48. So Doosan, while they're very good offensively, they are a bad base running team and they are a bad defensive team. So those are things that maybe you want to factor into your handicapping as we get some more sample size here over the course of the season. As far as starting pitching goes, NC far and away number one, almost 2x more wins above average than the second place team, which is Hanwa. NC 1.84 wins above average on the pitching side, Hanwa 0.93. Kia is next, 0.47. KT 0.23. Kiwum 0.11. Now again, these are below uh, zero wins above average, below the baseline here. Doosan minus 0.01, Samsung minus 0.71, LG minus 0.79, SK minus 0.84, and Lata minus 0.87. So really for the Lata Giants here, and they don't have Adrian Sampson, their other foreign pitcher, outside of that one really big start that Dan Straley had where he struck out 10 against SK, their starting pitching has not been good at all. So the Giants who have faltered offensively here of late, also, according to wins above average, currently have the worst starting pitching in the league, which I think is a pretty interesting development here, to say the least. Finally, bullpens. And as we know, the bullpens have been all over the place here. The best bullpen is LG, followed by Lata, then Samsung, NC, Kiwoom, Kia, and Hanwa, then SK, KT, and Doosan bringing up the rear. So Doosan... Good offense, bad defense, average starting pitching, very bad bullpen. And their bullpen took a big hit with that nine-run inning that they allowed here uh, on Thursday. So a lot of this jumping around because of sample size still, but that wins above average gives you an idea of what you have to work with with some of these teams here. And the primary takeaways for me, KT's offense far better than Doosan's, and Doosan a big gap between the third-place team, which is 
uh, NC. The NC defense, much better than anybody else. Kiwoom and LG benefit greatly from their defenses. SK, Dusan, and Kia do not. NC's starting pitching is great, as we know. LG with a good bullpen. Lata with a good bullpen. Samsung, NC, Kiwoom, and Kia, all with average to above average bullpens based on wins above average. So, again, important stuff here, I think, because we're trying to figure out a lot of things about these teams, especially with so many people that are new to betting on the KBO. So I think these wins above average stats can be very, very helpful for you. Again, Adam at bangthebook.com for the show notes or skatingtripods at gmail.com. Top three bullpens in ERA are Samsung 333, LG 357, Lotta 406. The bottom three, Doosan at 814, KT at 729, SK at 712. The top three in whip, walks and hits per inning pitched. Kiwoom 1.19, Lotta 1.25, LG 1.26. The bottom three, Doosan at 1.91, KT 1.82, SK 1.64. And I've been putting together a bullpen spreadsheet every day over at bangthebook.com. It's linked in the daily KBO article. So if you read that, you can find it. Or if you want it, you can reach out to me on Twitter at Skating Tripods and I can send you the link to look at that spreadsheet. Finally, one more note here before we recap this round of series that were just played. NC is now 6-1 and one in one-run games. Kiwoom is 3-0. and oh. SK and KT both 0-4 in one-run games to this point. And if you know anything about my MLB handicapping, my MLB season preview betting guide, I look a lot at record in one-run games because – a lot of times, most teams are going to fall, you know, plus three or four, uh, plus or minus three or four wins in one-run games. The best of the best will be very good, could potentially be regression candidates, and the worst of the worst will be bad teams generally, but could be positive regression candidates as things go along. This kind of works itself into Pythagorean win-loss and stuff like that. But NC, six and one already here, seven one-run games for them. Kind of speaks to their starting pitching, but also speaks to how that offense can be a little bit hit or miss. Uh, Kiwoom winning the close games with one of the best bullpens in the league. SK and KT, two very bad bullpens, 0-4 for both of them in one-run games. All right, so we dig into some of the series that just finished up here. We start with Hanwha and KT. KT takes two out of the three there, but the Hanwha offense did wake up. Now, Beiji Siong was phenomenal in game two for KT. Hanwha only scored one run in that game. But in the other two games, Hanwha scored 20 runs. And this was one of the offenses that was just not performing well, not carrying a high slugging percentage. And in fact, they've had some injury considerations too, as we've talked about a lot. They did get Jared Hoying back in this series uh, on Thursday. So they've got their foreign hitter back, their middle of the order guy. But they're still missing, you know, their shortstop and second baseman, their top-on-base percentage guy and center fielder. So Hanwha, good on them to show up here and hit a little bit in this series. But KT, they scored 25 runs in the series. They lead the league in batting average, on-base percentage, and slugging percentage. And one of the things I bitched about with KT early in the season was their lineup construction. And Kim Min Hayok has still got an on-base percentage around 250. He's their number two hitter. 
But their leadoff guy, Sim Woo Jun, running a 380 on base percentage. So maybe an offensive breakout for him. I think he's 24 or 25, but he's getting it done. They're working around Kim, and the middle of the order is very, very potent for KT, and they're deep three through nine. So they've done well offensively in spite of a two-hole hitter not doing a whole lot. And if that changes, then this KT offense could be even more potent. Hanwha, you know, a tough situation for them because their offense finally woke up, but their starting pitching in this series was atrocious. Ten and a third innings pitched, 16 earned runs on 26 hits, only struck out seven, walked eight. The bullpen allowed runs in every game. Hanwha has to win with pitching. I know that they had this offensive awakening here, scoring 21 runs in these three games. But I don't think that's the norm for them. I don't think this is a very good offensive team overall. They're going to have to pitch. And they didn't pitch in this series. And it did really come back to hurt them because if you score 21 runs, if you score seven runs per game, you should win the series. They didn't do that. This weekend, they will get Warwick Saw pulled back on the mound. But, you know, again, I, they're just they're, – they're not super deep in general. The offense and the pitching staff just not super deep. We saw that kind of play out here a little bit in this series where they finally hit, but they didn't get any pitching. As I mentioned, Bei Ji Seong, this guy, I mean, look, Ku Chang Mo is going to get all the love, and he should. Bei Ji Seong's pretty damn good, too. Seven shutout innings for him. I'm worried about price adjustments for Bay because this KT offense has been so good. The bullpen's normalized a little bit. It's still not great, but... It's gotten a little bit better from where it was early in the year. I'm worried about prices in Bay's starts here. Uh, maybe people will catch on a little bit slower than they have with Koo, but I think people have caught on. He had a big number in this series against Hanwa. Wound up winning the run line easily, but keep an eye out for his prices. If anything looks cheap, we should take advantage of it now because by the end of the year, he'll be priced as one of the best domestic starters in this league without question. As I mentioned, So Hyun Jun, you know, struggled in that third career start, gave up eight runs on nine hits and five and a third. You know, this is going to happen. He's 18 years old. And there are some of these guys, 18, 19-year-old pitchers, that will pitch really well and will struggle a little bit too. So just kind of on a game-by-game, case-by-case basis with a lot of those guys. The LG offense, they got stymied a little bit here, but still won the series over Samsung 10 to 6, kind of a shootout in the first game, but 3 to 1 and 2 nothing in the last two games with LG splitting those. The LG starter on Thursday was Lee Min Ho. Now, Lee Min Ho pitched on the under 18 Korean team for the World Cup last September, actually threw a five inning no hitter against Nicaragua in, in one of his outings there. You know, uh, I, I linked a tweet from Sung Min Kim in my article yesterday. Uh, Lee Min Ho sits around 91, good slider, good curveball, and in his first career KBO start here, five and a third innings, no runs, one hit, only struck out two, a little bit of a red flag against Samsung, walked four, but one hit means limited contact quality, and I don't think he's going to be priced in concert with his talent level. So he could be a play-on guy here with a good offense and a good bullpen Lee Min Ho of the LG Twins, officially on my watch list here as we go forward. For Samsung, they got good pitching, except for the game that David Buchanan started. He gave up 10 earned runs 
on 10 hits in the first game of this series. Three home runs, only went five innings. I didn't think Buchanan would be very good in this league. He's got one awful start, one really good start, and one kind of mediocre, below average type start. We'll be watching him closely. Again, I don't think he's great in this league, so we'll see what happens as we go forward here. Other than that, a couple of watch list guys for me, Choi Che Hyung and Wan Tae In, both pitched very well for Samsung in this series. Choi, six innings, one earned, four hits, couple strikeouts. Juan pitched here on Thursday, seven innings, two earned, six hits, struck out six, walked two. The two runs he gave up were in the first inning on an absolute tank of a home run. I actually retweeted Alex Fast's tweet about that home run uh, here today on Twitter. But Choi and Juan both pitched really, really well. And with this bad Samsung offense, those are two guys I will look to play unders with in their upcoming starts. 11 runs on 18 hits in this series for Samsung in what is probably the best hitters park in the league. Their offense is now the worst in the league, as I mentioned already. They're just not getting it done. They strike out a lot. They don't hit for a lot of power. Uh, They lost one of their key hitters from last year in Darren Ruff. They haven't figured out how to make up for his production. Samsung's offense is very bad. So Choi and Juan, two guys I will look to bet unders with, uh, we'll see how things go for Ben Lively in his next start. Then also Buchanan uh, when he gets back on the bump. Only three runs for the lot, the Giants, against Kia Tigers in this series here. They get swept. And look, the lot, the Giants have fallen off dramatically. In their first seven games, they scored 52 runs. In their last seven games, they've scored 17 runs. And I still managed to lose two bets on them here in this series. And you know, again, adjustments, trying to you know process what I'm looking at here. Lotta has fallen off dramatically. Their starting pitching has not been good at all. And now their offense is in the tank. Maybe the ship hasn't sailed yet to fade this team. Maybe some prices do start to get adjusted here. But they struck out 27 times in this series. And early in the year, they were avoiding the strikeout. Now, not so much. And it's probably not that surprising to see this regression They were the worst team in the KBO last year by a pretty large margin. So their early start, they kind of got a little bit of steam as people started paying attention to the KBO. Maybe they're still a little bit overpriced, but they have really fallen off here over their last seven games. And look, getting dominated by Drew Gagneau is going to happen. He had 10 strikeouts, I think. Pitched really well over eight innings. There's seven innings. That's going to happen. You know, the foreign pitchers will do that to offenses in this league. But in the other two games here for the Giants, Lee Min Woo, who has a 5.61 ERA, and M. Key Young, who has a 5.10 ERA, dominated the Lotta offense. That's another story. And when I looked at M. Key Young going into yesterday's game, I thought that he had gotten unlucky with someone here uninherited or with some of his inherited runners that scored, um, you know, just kind of some bad Babbitt luck, some bad sequencing, stuff like that. I didn't follow through. I made a mistake there. And that's something I've got to work on. You know, I have to trust my reads and trust my research here in the KBO because I'm doing a lot more research than the average KBO better and certainly more than the odds makers are. I need to trust myself more. I, You know, I understand that I want to limit my exposure because this is – a new league, and I'm trying to take things a little bit more conservatively. 
But I'm also putting in the work. I'm putting in the time. I've got to trust that. And that's something that all handicappers and betters across all sports deal with. That crisis of confidence or that level of uncertainty, not being sure of yourself. Learn the hard way, I think, is the way that we should be approaching this. Because, you know, how many times do we actually leave a loser off the card? You know, how many times is it where we would have picked a winner? And those are the ones that we remember, you know? And if you're doing the research, if you're putting in the time, trust it. And that's something that I really need to focus on here as we go forward in the KBO. The NC Dinos do take two out of three against Doosan with that big ninth inning comeback on Thursday. And, you know, I started my Thursday article by talking about how, you know, Wednesday was a short-term win for us going two and one, but it may have been a long-term loss because Beijing Seong pitched so well and because Kuchang Mo dominated the Doosan offense. Eight innings, only 100 pitches, very, very efficient. One earned run, two hits, struck out seven, walked one. Major League Baseball is going to come calling for this kid, and it will be quick. I don't know if it's for 2021, but by 2022-2023, Ku Chang Mo is pitching in the Major Leagues. The changeup is wet. The command is good. The pitch sequencing is exceptional. This kid just gets it, man. He's been great. Appointment TV to watch Ku Chang Mo starts. Absolutely phenomenal. Chris Flexen was very good. He struck out 10. That was a two-to-one game that Doosan won in extra innings. But a couple of takeaways here from this series. The first is that Doosan's offense is really slowing down. And as I mentioned coming into this week, Doosan had some guys running some very high batting averages on balls in play. That's regressed a little bit now. NC, great defensive team. That probably kept these games a little bit lower scoring here. But Doosan's offense has cooled off a little bit. And what we're seeing is that they're losing games as a result because their starting pitching is pretty league average. Their bullpen is not. Their their team defense is bad. They don't steal runs on the bases. Doosan has to out-hit the opposition. And at home, that could be tough because it's a pretty good pitcher's park. So some observations here about Doosan that are kind of coming to the forefront. I still think they're a good team. I still think that they wind up being there when all is said and done. But their offense has slowed down a little bit. And we see what happens here when they're not putting up eight or nine runs per game. Now, that being said, they made Mike Wright work in the first game of this series. He had to throw 115 pitches to get 15 outs, struck out five and walked five. That's a game that probably could have gone either way for the Doosan offense. So there is that. You know, they may not have had the results, but there's still, you know, a, a patient lineup. They don't strike out a lot. That's important. They put a lot of balls in play, so they are kind of subject to Babbitt variants, and they were very good early on. Now they've cooled off a little bit. I would expect in the near term, Doosan's offense gets going again. Lee Young-Ha really struggled uh, in his start here. You know, I expected the 22-year-old to continue the breakout from last season, but, you know, so far, he's walked 10, given up 17 hits, only three extra base hits, but the command profile Looks a little better. The control profile still looks like a problem. Get another guy I'll be watching closely to see how he does as we go forward here. Finally, the last series to recap, SK. Their offense showed some life, but they still lost the series to the Kiwoom Heroes. Lost in extra innings here on Thursday. SK with 19 runs in three games, but the pitching wound up failing them. Ricardo Pinto gave up a sixth spot in the first 
in the first game of this series, and that kind of set the tone a little bit, I guess. Park Jung-Hoon was fine. He's a guy on my watch list now for SK. And the defense really failed Moon Sung-Wan. Like I talked about, um, you know, where sometimes that just happens here in this league. These teams are not great defensively. And that will have an impact on some of these pitchers, especially with such a pitch-to-contact style for a lot of the guys in this league here. A couple of guys for Kiwum that were on my watch list coming into the year. Choi Wan-Tae, he's off to a slow start, not pitching particularly well. Also, Lee Seung-Ho, he did strike out seven in five innings, but off to a slow start here for Kiwum. The Kiwum offense, though, 23 runs in this series. They were the highest scoring offense in the KBO last year. They lost Jerry Sands. They're missing their foreign hitter in Taylor Motter, who wasn't really hitting much anyway. But the biggest thing for Kiwum right now, Park Byung-Ho, or as you know him better, Byung-Ho Park, who played for the Minnesota Twins, he's off to a 180-293-320 start going into Thursday. Went one for three with a couple of walks. Maybe he's coming out of it. But Park is a career 287 399, 577 hitter at this level. And he has to do more without Jerry Sands. So the slow start for him has held up this Kiwoom offense. But if you notice Park Byung-Ho start to get hot, Kiwoom's offense will get hot. So that's a guy you want to keep an eye on for Kiwoom. Big prices on Kiwoom anyway. They're very highly rated in the minds of the odds makers. But they could go out there and cover some numbers and get over some totals themselves once Park Byung-Ho actually gets things going here. Finally, one piece of injury information for SK. Nick Kingham expected to miss at least two more starts. He's dealing with some elbow discomfort. Uh, Not great for them because they're a team that has to win with pitching with that lackluster offense. Real quickly here, the the down-the-line segment. Some KBO numbers getting whacked back and forth a little bit here over the last few days. A big move up on Kiwoom and then a massive move down on Thursday. They eventually won 9-8 to eight in 10 innings. That line was up in the minus 195, minus 200 range. Came all the way down below minus 140 before going back up a little bit. It'd be really nice to have an odd screen and actually follow the line movement here in the KBO, but you know, we saw a big move there. We saw a big Doosan move with Kuchang Mo on the mound for NC, ironically enough. Some people got a nice plus money price on Ku. That one was kind of a flip favorite type scenario. Um, you know, look, a lot of people are diving into this market. Some are starting to bet it bigger. We've got more sample size. Modelers are starting to put things together for this league. I'm not going to say that modelers are wrong because I respect the hell out of what they do. They're much smarter than I am, to say the least. But there are a lot of weird things, a lot of weird intricacies about this league. You know, the ball's playing different than it did last year, so... What do you do with the model numbers from 2019 that you put in there? It's a different offensive environment. Also, too, something that's different from Major League Baseball for the KBO is that you get a lot of guys that go from starting to relieving or relieving to starting and vice versa. You've got 18 and 19-year-old kids that are getting starts. It's tough. You know, it's tough to kind of model this out because some guys, look at Kim Tae-hoon for uh, SK, for example. You know, 132 very good relief appearances over the last two years, finally healthy. But how does that translate to starting? And so far, he's been pretty good. But there are a lot of guys that, you know, have kind of waffled back and forth or a lot of guys just pitching relief at the end of the year to save innings, stuff like that. It's tough. 
you know, you kind of have to do a deep dive on some of these pitchers here. You got the young kids, too, that don't really have large track records. You know, I mean, maybe modelers are accounting for all of this, and, and I certainly expect that they would because they're all very smart people. But there's a lot of moving parts here to the KBO, a lot of learning going on, to say the least, for myself, for everybody that's involved in this market. But we're starting to see some bigger, more authoritative positions coming together from some of these groups or deep-pocketed individuals that are moving some of these lines around rather significantly. And again, too, with the 5.30 Eastern start time for these games in the morning, you get a lot of overnight market movement. Maybe that's the Asian markets kind of coming into play. Maybe the European markets, as they're getting going, something like that. I don't necessarily know. Uh, but, you know, again, we're just uh, we're feeling on our way, not just with these teams and these players, but with the markets as well. All right, so we take a look at the series for this weekend. We start with Hanwa taking on the NC Dinos. NC now 12-2. and two. Hanwa, as we know, not a very good team. Some big numbers for NC are coming in this series. You know, Hanwa was facing KT, and they were in the plus 140, plus 150 range. KT does have the best offense in the league, but NC a very balanced team. Good defensively, elite starting pitching, good enough offensively to be in the top half of the league. Probably going to see some minus 190 and up prices here for NC in this series. Drew Rasinski, he'll get another start. Kim Young-Yu. He'll get another start, 9-0 to zero strikeout to walk ratio so far. Mike Wright, he'll get another turn. Warwick Sopold will get another turn for Hanwa here. You know, this is an interesting series because you've got an NC offense I think is good but not great. A Hanwa offense that I don't like a whole lot because they don't hit for a lot of power and they have some injury considerations. Could be a lower scoring series here. Two of the league's better defensive teams. Also, Kim Min Woo for Hanwa, a guy to watch. 24 years old, 19 strikeouts and 18 and a third. Maybe a couple of unders here in the Sopold start and the Kim Min Woo start in this uh, Hanwa and NC series for me. Kia and SK. Like I said, the SK offense woke up a little bit against Kiwoom, but will it carry over? That's the big question about this series here against Kia. Kim Taehoon will make his next start, as I mentioned, dominant as a reliever the last two years and two very good starts. Actually, three pretty good starts uh, so far for Kim Taehoon. Tough pitching matchups, though, for the SK offense. They're going to get Aaron Brooks and they're going to get Yang Hyun Jong, who is one of the best and most respected South Korean born pitchers in this league. I'll play the Kim Taehoon under against either one of those guys, unless it's a super low number like eight or something like that. If I get an eight and a half reasonably juiced, I'm all about it. If it's a nine, I'll love it. But again, Aaron Brooks and Yang Hyun Jung, tough matchups again for that SK offense that did just wake up. And maybe that leads to a little bit of over money. But I think this could be a series where their offense does end up struggling once again. KT and LG, a couple of foreign pitchers making another round of starts here. Odrissimer Despagne for KT, Casey Kelly for LG. Two pretty good offenses here. KT's got the best offense in the league. LG's got a very strong middle of the order. One key difference in this series, the two bullpens. The LG bullpen, 357 ERA, 126 whip. The KT bullpen, 729 ERA, 182 whip. 
If you want to bet KT in this series, I think first five is the way you have to go. I think these could be some higher scoring games here between KT and LG. So we'll see what these totals look like. Maybe I play a foreign pitcher over in this series. We'll have to wait and see what the numbers look like. But again, you've got a big bullpen edge for LG over KT here in this series. So keep that in mind with full games if you play them. Doosan and Samsung. Doosan's offense is regressing a little bit, but Samsung with the worst offense in the KBO. And now Doosan goes to one of the best hitting environments in the KBO. So this could be a good spot for the Doosan Bears to rattle off some victories here. Although they will be missing OJ Ill, a middle of the order guy for them. Career 279, 367, 500 hitter. But to start 2020, He's slashing 385 with a 448 on base, 692 slugging percentage. JJ Heok on Twitter saying that he's out with some side pain. So OJ Ill missing for Doosan here in this series. Raul Alcantara, a guy I don't love the command profile for in this league. He'll start in Samsung. Ben Lively also getting his next start. He left his last start after getting hit on the hand. So we'll see how that goes for him. Another interesting guy for Doosan here, Lee Yong Chan. 14 earned runs allowed on 14 hits in 10 innings of work, but a career 384 ERA and 138 whip. Maybe a positive regression candidate, maybe a cheaper money line guy to back in this series where I do think Doosan should have some offensive success in a good offensive environment. Finally, one more series here, Kiwoom and Lata. Big injury for Kiwum going into this series. Their shortstop, Kim Ha Seong, 291, 371, 485 career hitter. He is out for this series with a sprained ankle, and we'll see how long that winds up lasting. Uh, he's ruled out of the series and not kept on the active roster, I believe he's got to be out for at least seven days. And if he's on the 10-day IL, then uh, he can come off early, but I still think it's at least seven days. So, that's a worry for Kiwum in this series. Also a worry for Kiwum in this series, their bullpen worked a ton against SK. Three straight games of a heavy workload, 15 and a third innings pitched for the Kiwum bullpen in that last series. And they have one of the best bullpens here in this league, but a very heavy workload early in the week can spell trouble later in the week. So that could help the Lotta offense if they're able to figure things out here in this series, but they will have to face Eric Jokic. They'll get Jake Brigham as well. So they're going to get two foreign starters in this series. Probably not great for a slumping offense. The Lotta pitching staff, you know, like I said, they haven't been good. Dan Straley's got the one great start. He'll start in this series, but the rest of the rotation has had some issues. So Park C. Wong is a guy I kind of like coming off of five decent innings against Doosan. Broke out in 2017. Dealt with injuries in 18 and 19. He's got some upside. Maybe he's the only way I look at Lotta in this series. But overall, you know, Lotta's a team that I have to reevaluate. And right now, I'm looking at them as being you know, back among you know, the bottom three or four teams in this league here. I don't think I'm going to have too many tickets on this series. Um, you know, Maybe Jokic in, in, you know, in that start as a run line play. But other than that, you know, Kiwum's bullpen is worrisome. Their shortstop is a good defender and a great hitter. Not a whole lot of interest to me, probably, in this Kiwoom and Lotta series. But I will find some stuff to like 
in the other three series coming up here for this weekend. Remember, no games in the KBO on Monday, so there won't be an article for Monday morning on Memorial Day. I hope everybody enjoys the holidays. Stay safe. Stay smart. Don't drink and drive. Designate a driver. If you're going to get drunk, stay somewhere. Uh, Don't kill yourself or somebody else. There's already been way too much death out there in the world uh, with this whole coronavirus pandemic. So uh, just my little PSA, I guess, here at the end of the show. But as of now, I plan to do the betters box on Monday. We'll see Uh, if I get drunk and pass out at my buddy's house uh, Sunday night. Then I may not do the show on Monday, but we'll try to get one out to you here on Monday. We'll see how things uh, do wind up coming together. But as always, the daily article over at bangthebook.com. Adam at bangthebook.com via email for the notes. Skatingtripods at gmail.com will also get you on the mailing list for the notes. And if you want the bullpen spreadsheet, either read the daily article or reach out to me on Twitter at skatingtripods. They'll do it for me. Thank you so much for listening, everybody. Have a smart, safe, healthy, Happy Memorial Day weekend. I will talk to you again on Monday. And remember that you will never strike out when you're in the betters box.